everyone, and welcome to the Real Lovers Podcast. This is a first for the Real Lovers Podcast. We don't really cover TV all that much. We cover movies, but I feel like I just had to talk about Ted Lasso because I don't know about my guests here, but the finale <laughs> totally wrecked me. So I t- had to like, I-, I had to, I had to talk about Ted Lasso with two of the best content creators on the internet that was talking about Ted Lasso throughout pretty much season one through season three. Uh, Maria, you've been on the podcast before, but this mm-hmm. is the first time with the new rebrand. But yeah, I'm loving this rebrand, by the way. <laughs> yeah, thank you, thank you. Uh, welcome back to the real. Yeah, thank you for having me back. Excited to be here. Yeah, and then Marmar, uh, uh, yes. also known as Marissa. Uh, yeah. hi, uh, welcome to the Real Lovers Podcast for the first time. How, 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 how are both of you? I'm good. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so, I'm good too. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. Um, but yeah, let's but bef- let's get into it. Let's get into Ted Lasso. I uh, before we get into season three, the, the the Ted Lasso premiered like during the pandemic, uh, uh, August fourteenth, I believe, twenty twenty, on Apple TV. And I just want to like get kind of like uh, like what were your expectations when you first saw when you first saw the show? Well, honestly, I didn't watch it when it first dropped. I think it was very much. Um, I heard there's a lot of hearsay about this show. I mean, first of all, about Apple TV Plus, it was one of those newer streaming services. So everyone was kind of just like, what is the streaming service? And like, what should I buy another streaming service or not? And then, um, and then I think from there, <clears throat> excuse me, I, I think when we started watching it, when it had a season two, season two came out, and then I was okay, like, and then I got all this buzz and a lot of critical acclaim. And I have always loved Jason Stikas from SNL days. And then of course, like a lot of his movies, like Horrible Bosses and then like We're the Millers. And so um, knowing that Jason Sudeikis had this uh, show that he created, I was like, okay, I'm very intrigued. And so I, funny enough, I only watched like think the pilot episode. And then from there it was a little slow. And then I kind of like fell off from it for a little, a few months. And then when like, uh, I think it was in July of 2021, the season two came out. And that was when I was like, okay, I got to get back on this so I can watch season two. Mm-hmm. And then from the second episode of season one, that's when I think it kind of started like falling to place or like I like uh, getting the ball rolling. And then that's from there, I just couldn't stop like watching. And I was just, I binged all of it um, in time for season two. And then from there, I think it was just hooked on the, just the story. It just, it just felt like a refreshing story and something that Jason Sudeikis, in my opinion, has not done. This kind of character he's never really done before because I've always from his SNL days and even a lot of the movies that I just mentioned, a lot of them, he kind of plays like an asshole character a lot. So like, it was kind of refreshing to see him play such a kind of just a cheery, incredibly positive, um, like kind of um, dad jokes kind of guy coach. And it was something endearing about it um, as well. And then like, it just the charm of it all. And even the supporting characters on top of that was just what got me hooked. And the rest was kind of history from there. That's great. That's great. Mar- Maria? <laughs> yeah, I, I actually um, am same with Marmar. I didn't watch the show until like the second season was out. So like I was like really late to that bandwagon. I think I got, I heard all the like Emmy buzz and it won all the awards. So I didn't have Apple TV plus, but I really wanted to get it because Mythic Quest was on Apple TV. So I'm like, I want <laughs> Apple TV because of Mythic Quest. And then after I binge that, I'm like, you know what? I've heard so many things about Tela. So um, let me just start it. Uh, and I obviously love Jason Sudeikis too. I remember him from like 30 Rock days. Um, his character was an asshole in that too, but like, <laughs> but he was so endearing. He's very Jason Sudeikis. He like becomes the character. And I found out later that the um, creators of Scrubs were also associated with this project. And I love Scrubs growing up. So 
I am a big like feel good girly. Like I love TV shows that are feel good shows. Like one of my favorite shows, Marley Gnosis, is The Good Place. Mm -hmm. So like what I liked about Ted Lasso, because I just started watching because of the hype, the cast seemed, I, I didn't really know the cast, but I know Jason Sudeikis. And I was like, okay, whatever. I've heard good things about it. Let me feel it out. And um, season two is what got me too. Like season one, I was into it. It gave the vibe of a feel good show. And then mm -hmm. season two just like completely like stuck the landing on like creating these amazing characters that you're really invested in, asking, um, having the good place vibes of like trying to be better people. And I just don't think there's enough shows that like, you know, celebrate joy that way. And I just love that Telasso did. So like, yeah, season two was just like, oh yeah, I'm on the like Ted Lasso campaign. Like I, people need to be watching the show. So, and I'm, I like, like, I don't really watch sports, but like football is like the one exception. And now I'm like completely hooked on it. I watched like the whole World Cup this year because of this show. That's awesome. That I think that's so cool. Like what, a sh like a show can just get people inspired to like watch like a, like a watch like a sport because I started getting into like soccer after watching Ted Lasso and it's funny because that's like that was the original goal for like for this campaign yeah uh, mm -hmm. uh, yep. as, as you can see it was like an NBC sort of promotion yep. to get to teach mm -hmm. Americans uh, I don't want to use this term but I guess I'll use it but dumb Americans like how <laughs> soccer is and this is kind of like Ted, Ted Lasso was like supposed to be like that American like oh uh what what is this football that you speak of yeah. uh, mm -hmm. to be honest like when I f would see I watch a lot of sports so I would see like those ads like all the time I found that the ads to be a little uh kind of like hard to watch and very cringe so when I found out that they were making like a show I was honestly I, I don't know if I was disappointed. I was just like, oh, I was like, oh God, not this again. Uh, mm -hmm. But, and it took me a while to get into season season one because season one's great, but le like both of you mentioned, like the show doesn't really get its footing until season two. But um, I like it's still it's still a great show, like season one. But I I just I just love so much about Ted Lasso, just that it's. It's basically like it's basically a show just about, about how to be like a good person, but you don't don't drag anyone to be to become a good person. Like, yeah. like mm -hmm. especially a character like Rebecca, Rebecca, mm -hmm. the the team owner that hires Ted Lasso as like a joke because she's she's trying to take down she's trying to take down like her uh like her her husband's like former team because they're going through like a divorce. T Ted Lasso, he could have like come in and just like expected like like just kind of like make like the worst of it but he he came in and just made the best of it and i i, I admire like people that uh people that lift up characters like that it's 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 just so great it's so great but yeah <laughs> uh, i i love the show so yeah <laughs> uh but but yeah um so season two i think we can all agree that season two is, is like is when we all started hitting uh, it all started hitting its stride right and we started mm -hmm. like diving deep like what were our favorite moments from season two? Oh wow um i would say um at least for me i know they got together in season one um obviously keely and roy um, yeah. <laughs> one of the things i like, love talking about on my page is just roy <laughs> Um, I think the reason why was because he was just a character that subverted a lot of expectations of this archetype of this like grumpy, brooding man that like I think you will automatically think that is like because he's a little bit more masculine that he just like kind of he just 
acts a certain way and like uh, behaves a certain way and does all these kind of more tropes. But then as you get to know him, you realize that he's a lot more emotionally intelligent than that. And then, um, and this idea of like not kind of giving a fuck about what any other people think to a certain extent. And I think from there, um, and I've always said this too, where like that kind of character also kind of subverts a lot of um, toxic masculine things when it comes to um, just sports, I think media in general, or like how like TV shows and movies portray like ath- specifically male athletes. And to see that um, there's a lot more to these characters than meets the eye um, was something that I probably personally found fascinating because um, to Marley's point, I actually don't, didn't, I still don't watch sports. I don't even watch sports. <laughs> That's fair, very fair. <laughs> This, this show about sports is like one of my favorite shows, even though I just never watch sports at all. It, I think it, it's, a, it's a testament to how incredible the show is in terms of storytelling and like being able to talk about the human experience, human. Um, and then it's something I can relate to, even though I personally don't watch sports. Um, I know that was a little bit of a tangent, but going back to Roy and Keely, that, but I think Roy's character in that was so fascinating in that regard. And then how he kind of got with Keely in, in a way, I guess, from a female viewer perspective, like Keely was that stand in of like, wow, this man is something, someone different um, that I can like um, find myself to be in a relationship with. And then from there, I was just like head over heels in love with the, the Keely and Roy and then just all of that. And season two just gave me so much of that content and just so much of that relationship was it was just uh, very endearing and just um, so heartwarming. And I call them like my TV parents because they're just they were in many ways imperfect, but also imperfectly imperfect, if that makes sense. Um, they're really healthy. They were like a healthy relationship on TV. Yeah. Yes, absolutely. Um, and then, like to to add on to that, because I completely agree with Marmar that like Roy Kent is like the typical footballer, right, with his cussing and his like attitude. But he, so you would expect him to be the toxic athlete. But, like he just subverted that. But like his relationship with his niece is so gentle, and like it's like it just he's like a girl dad almost vibe to him because of it. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I really, I just really love what they did with Keely too, because like even in the beginning, like her and Rebecca could have been adversaries, and you just. It's funny because I was actually talking to someone else about this too, that they're like, you expect women to be against each other on these shows, especially like a show that's like about football, right? Like it's a male dominated um, show. So when Rebecca was against Keely, Keely found out even with Sassy, like you expected, you would assume that there would be like some sort of like, oh, there's like three of them. One of them's going to not like each other. No, they all like got along so well. So I really love what they did with Keely's character of like, yes, she goes from football to footballer, but at the same time, she's also has a mind that she, rejected Jamie when she realized that he's so like not growing. She saw more in Roy and that's why she got with him. So I love what they did with Keely's character. Like she's mm-hmm. more than just like the typical girly girl. Like she made it, she made, um, was a girl's girl. And she was someone that actually like thought about her choices when she was dating and with her career. Um, yes. And on top of like, so season two was probably my favorite, I would say. And I think it's because it just kind of like, sub- it took the show a lot deeper when it comes to relationships. So like my two favorite moments is the moment with Jamie and his dad, which is a really heartbreaking scene, but I love it because I feel like that's like what propelled Jamie Tart on this like awesome character arc and like development that we see now. Like now Jamie's my favorite character. Like I never thought that, but that, that mo- I've always felt that, um, sorry, this is gonna be a little tangential, but like I feel like Ted Lasso is just such a great show because it finally shows complicated father-son relationships like in a way that you see different like levels to it like you see Ted trying to be a good father to his son you see that he had a complicated relationship with his dad Sam has a really great relationship with his father 
but Jamie doesn't. Rebecca has a complicated with her father. Nate <laughs> has a whole thing of his to like daddy issues. And that moment with Jamie, just like everyone vibe, like everyone just like saw it. Like even Roy was like, oh my God, I get it. And he gave Jamie a hug afterwards. So that moment, I know it's not a happy moment, but like that just stuck out to me. Cause I'm like, they chose to do that. And I think that's what like propels Ted Lasso. Cause they, though it's a very happy show, it also doesn't, isn't it afraid to get it deeper? Like it's not afraid to talk about hard things like mental illness, um, suicide, um, uh, semi-complicated relationships that aren't always healthy, like with Rupert and Rebecca and like infidelity and people being at their worst with Nate. So I, I saw that a lot in season two and um, yeah, like, and I also love that we got into the mental health of season two a lot more. Yeah, I, 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 for someone that like has been watching sports my like my entire life, I appreciated the show immensely diving into the whole mental health aspect because I feel like that's something that gets lost, especially if you're like on social media like Twitter and people like supporting like their teams. I'm not like hating on people that support their teams because go ahead and uh, go ahead and like support them but there's a lot of times fans kind of like miss like that aspect like there's a human on the other side that can that kicks that ball or shoots that mm -hmm. ball into the basket and mm -hmm. what i love immensely and ted lasso hit hit a home run or scored a goal i guess scored a goal in this situation <laughs> but uh is is that it, it really dived into like these human like these these players are human like the it, i uh, the even in season three, I know we're jumping around here a little bit, but the Sam's episode in season three, where he has like, where his restaurant gets, mm -hmm. uh, gets broken into and mm -hmm. like fans are like attacking him. Like it, it, he has like a moment where the fans are telling him to like, shut up and dribble. Like that is like immensely like it, that, and then that hit me immensely. Cause I, I have friends that treat players, that treat players like that on like sports teams of just like, Oh, don't talk about politics. It's like, keep, keep politics out of my sport. And the fact that Ted Lasso had the balls to like, actually like t touch on like a topic like, like this and hopefully get that, like uh, hopefully fans will realize like, Hey, we should take a step, step back. Like there's like, uh, these players are going through stuff. They may be making millions of dollars, but they, they're human and they bleed just like us. I think like th that, I feel like that's like when the show started diving deep into stuff like that, I, I love instantly love the show for that. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Even like season two, or sorry. I was like, that also is a moment like art imitates life. Like that actually happened in real life too. Like the whole shut up and dribble. I, I don't know anything about sports, but I know that that happened to a player. So um, it was very like referential, which is really very meta. And I love meta moments too. Mm -hmm. Marmar, what were you going to say? Or? Yeah. Oh, um, I was going to say it too. I mean, even from season two where, yeah, I think it started with Sam and how he wanted to um, protest against Dubai Air um, for what was happening in Nigeria. And then I think it was, it, what I loved about it was that the story kind of had different elements to it because it also, not only was that be able to be that meta commentary on, yeah, like the politics and sports intersecting, but also helped with Jamie's arc from there as well too. Mm -hmm. That was like... Prior to that, like the team was very hesitant about mm -hmm. Jamie coming back on the team after he had his little reality TV era. And then um, from there, like he kind of redeemed or not, not fully redeemed, but like at least like 
they showed that, okay, Jamie is making strides to trying to be a better person. And for Jamie, being one of the more successful, more um, famous players, being able to kind of stand in solidarity with Sam's cause was, it spoke volumes. Like his actions spoke louder than words in that moment. I think that Sam and I guess the other team players as well too, like read that. So I liked mm-hmm. that moment. I like when, yeah, mm-hmm. the Ted Lasso dives deep into those moments um, and kind of it makes it more impactful and bigger, bigger than the show itself. Yeah. yeah. And cor- correct me if I'm wrong, but even it, Ted Lasso's panic attack, panic attack was in season one or season two? Was it season, season two? Season yeah, season. he had one in season one as well. That's yeah, how yeah, Rebecca one. connected. But yeah, the one yeah. at the game happened in season two. Yeah, mm-hmm. that, I, I feel like that moment, like that was really strong for me too, just mm-hmm. because like, it's, like it, I hate to repeat this, but someone that for someone that watches sports, like the coach is always the one that kind of gets like, mm-hmm. like you see it now, like even with basketball ending, you see a lot of coaches getting fired like constantly. And it's all, we, we always blame the coach. And mm-hmm. like the coach is also going through stuff too. It's like the, yeah, he's going through like not seeing his son for like the longest time, like like being in England. And and it was just, uh, I don't know, just like that moment, like when he had his panic attack. I I like this happy go lucky like character that we're we're used to having like these giving like all these quips. Like oh wow, he he's human too. He's feeling stuff. It's like that. I it's it's. It, I, I don't want to say it's a wonderful moment because he had a panic attack and those are never good, but it's just like, it, it, it really humanized Ted, like mm-hmm. it, from being like this kind of like, I am a, I'm a goofy Ned Flanders coach. It's just, it's like, I, I don't know. I, it's it, the moment was re- really powerful for me. So. Yeah, especially because you don't like, there's just such a stigma when it comes to mental health conversations in general, but I feel like for men, it's even like another layer because men aren't allowed to be vulnerable in general. So the show showing not only like in a sports setting, mental health issue, but showing men trying to grapple with their mental health. I feel like you will never see that on TV. And it wasn't just Ted, like all the players saw therapists and then like Roy Kent's story ending with seeing a therapist. Like it's just like they kept showing that theme. And I really love that they kept showing that Ted was still in therapy because you will never find that. Like you will never find a conversation with, men talking about their mental illness and it being like celebrated. Um, I really like that Ted being so aware of his um, anxiety attacks, being so optimistic. He even had like, uh, he, he was hesitant to start therapy. And I like that they showed that because it showed like a relatable person, someone from the South trying to get therapy, like it wouldn't be easy. Even if you are aware of your anxiety, it, it's so hard and it's very overwhelming. Um, not to get too deep, but like as someone who started therapy recently, it's over, it's scary to do. And it's like, I really like that they showed that even Ted, someone who's always striving to be better was hesitant, but he did it even though it was so hard. And I feel like that's a really relatable experience for especially a lot of men who probably do feel the same way as Ted. Like, oh, I'm happy. I'm optimistic. I can push this off. But sometimes you need help. And I'm really happy the show showed it that way. Yeah, exactly. It, like it's, it's, like as as a as as a man myself, like that's it's it's common practice throughout like society to just like if if, if I'm having like issues, it's just like oh just 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 push it off to the side. It's fine. Like like you'll get over it. You'll get over it. Like don't talk about your feelings. It's like be tough. Be a man. And the fact that like the the moment in season two when he's in uh when he's in therapy and he talks about like his dad reading like like he said he was going to fail a test and like 
his dad actually he it was a, it, him telling the moment and he was like breaking down crying it's a tremendous performance by jason mm-hmm. sudeikis like i i'm not really the biggest fan of of jason like uh, marmar i know that you're a really big snl fan and we, we could talk about that like, uh, <laughs> like a, a, a little bit later but it's like that performance was just incredible like mario you said that like ted was like like just he didn't want to do therapy like when he first Mm -hmm. went to sessions he was just like oh i don't believe in this because ted was all he felt like he was above therapy because he was the one that was kind of uh he thought he could push everything away but the fact that he was able to kind of break down and like have like a one-to-one and even have like a like a like a nice friendship with like the therapist like 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 after i think that's i think it's just wonderful so yeah one of my favorite moments is like him and rebecca talking about therapy and he's like have you ever considered therapy and she's like what for i already know all my problems so relatable because it's like yeah you were like oh i'm so self-aware i know my stuff i don't need i i have friends and she's like do you want to talk about something he's like no do you and he's like no and they just continue to sit in silence (laughs) it was like so relatable but yeah i i admit like i've seen jason be funny i've i never he had this level of vulnerability and seriousness in him He's a phenomenal actor. Like he, Ted Lasso like shows such a broader range of his capabilities. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Marmar, what do what what do you think about uh, Jason Sudeikis? Like, I yeah, I mean, I was definitely blown away again. I didn't think that he had that kind of he could get has that diverse of a range, and I love mm-hmm. that he had that took this opportunity to show that as well. Um, and yeah, I've I mean. He was always a funny guy too, and never. I mean, and he's funny like in a different way in Ted Lasso. Like he's like the like dad jokes, corny, funny mm-hmm. that still lands and is still very much comedic. Um, but again, the show has a good balance of being funny when it needs to be funny, but also like, ha- like taking those moments uh, where it deserves the attention and seriousness that it deserves, and it does just that. So mm-hmm. it's a good balance of both. And I also wanted to talk about how, or at least like add more to how I think with mental health and then fatherhood and like masculinity mm-hmm. how it like intersects mm-hmm. especially for characters and how a lot of that um can impact one or the other as a cause it could be a cause and effect or correlate with one another and i think this show does a really good um job and um showing those intersections and showing like how like um like yeah just how all of it can come together and like kind of make a whole person like oh yeah like like a lot of things yeah. can happen to one person and then that's just part of being human they brought that back in Jamie's episode. I think that was like the second to last episode this season so well. Like I love that episode because it's like Jamie's like clearly going through something. He's depressed, he's crying. Yeah, I really can't. And it just turns out that he's afraid of his dad and like dealing with that. Like they just, they're so good at bringing their themes back so well. Right. I, and you, you brought up Jamie and I, I think this is kind of like a, a good opportunity to just kind of start talking about the, the most current season that just ended. Uh, Marmar, you've, you've, I, you've gone out on social media and said that this is Jamie's Emmy this year. Oh, yeah. Like, mm-hmm. like just, I believe that just, too. Do you you want to yeah. just, I, I believe that too, yeah. but do you want to just use this opportunity oh, to yeah. just be like, campaign for just, him? Yeah, Go for it. Just campaign for him. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Let me just, yeah. Let me help Phil Dunster in this moment. Yeah. I think <laughs> what I love about, um, and people have said this, and I've also said it on social media, like, I think Ted Lasso, like, wrote Jamie um, Tart's arc so well, and then they stuck it with um, season three. I think it's one of the best things about season three was Jamie Tart's like evolution, continu- continuous journey to being a better person. And um, Phil Dunster was just, he brought everything. He like, <laughs> he, he 
ate left no crumbs with this role basically <laughs> and then I, what i love about jamie was that he was funny when he again he was funny when he needed to be funny a lot of the time he was kind of the levity in moments like this in moments throughout the season and uh while at the same time like i mean I guess what I'm trying to say here. I mean, I think what the strongest points of season three also was Jamie and Roy kind of coming together and mm -hmm. like, um, evolving their relationship from being kind of just like players to kind of just like frenemies and just are just like adversaries competing against one another when we first saw them in season one and now them kind of now having this coach um, player um, dynamic and then um, having that like, kind of mentorship, but also brotherhood, father, son kind of dynamic all in one um, coming together. And, and that just benefited Jamie's arc even more mm -hmm. as he kind of like also was able to learn, like, teach Roy uh, ways that Roy could never kind of like um, verbalize or communicate. And then he, that made him a Roy, a better character and better um, person for it. And, um, but yeah, I think it's just Jamie Tart's arc was just so well done. People were saying that it's like it's comparable to like Zuka from Avatar the Last Airbender. Yeah. Like, <laughs> like I think I mean not as nuanced as Zuko's, but I think it's what people were trying to get there was that I think just being able to have Jamie be on this continuous journey to being a better person. And then there'll be moments where he does kind of fall back into like old ways and patterns just because of how he was brought up. But then despite all of that, still wanting to do better and do more um, was just, it was just beautiful to see Jamie being, yeah, becoming one of my favorite characters. And then um, but also like, I mean, maybe this is just me, but then, I mean, again, maybe the Zuko-ification of Jamie Tar, but like just like physically too, he looked better. <laughs> Like his bleached hair, I mean, I heard that his bleached hair was like a thing with David Beckham inspired from like mm -hmm. the, the 90s, early 2000s when, he, when David Beckham was still very much playing. But I think it also just like added to the fact that he looked more or felt more attractive because he was being a better person as opposed to season one where I was just like, no, like get this boy away from me. But now it's just like, oh, wow. Okay. Like just, he's evolving. He's growing. He's maturing. And then I think even through Keely's eyes, there's moments where she's just like, oh, okay. Mm -hmm. <laughs> Right. <laughs> but yeah, Phil Dunster deserves an Emmy nomination for this season, hands down. Like, I would love for him to win, but obviously this year, I mean, not to be a tangent, there's a lot of good performances, but I think Phil Dunster has it in the bag for at least an Emmy nomination. Mm -hmm. I agree with that. I, I, think, I, I think he's totally deserved it. And what I love most about the, about uh, Roy and, uh, and Jamie is the fact that the, exactly what you said marmar about like how they were both like enemies kind of like co like competing back and forth but then be became like like friends and how like f two two men can actually have like a healthy masculine relationship without actually having like some sort of like 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 love like in there even though marmar you did say like you 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 did kind of want to throw up it's an enemies to lovers though yeah. there is definitely an enemies to lovers vibe to this for yeah, sure for sure, for sure. yeah but... I think how you interpret it i'm there definitely yeah. are fanfics out there um yeah. wanting to ship but i think yeah tomorrow. ted lasso always has a running theme of rom-com so i wouldn't be surprised <laughs> just saying right maybe maybe that's a spinoff series or something like that where we dive deeper into roy keely and and uh jamie <laughs> so mm -hmm. uh but yeah uh I what was like kind of like our like entire thoughts on like season three because I season three I, I feel like Marmar before you uh, joined like this this call uh, Maria and I were kind of like saying that that people were watching but they weren't actually talking about it like on social media they were just kind of like it was just kind of like there but like since we all loved it like what were our thoughts on like 
season three as a as a as a, as a whole. So my numbers. <laughs> oh yeah, I would say it's a little complicated. I'll be honest with you. Like I liked it. I enjoyed it. I there was a lot of episodes that I loved. There's a lot of moments that I loved. I cried a lot through, throughout. <laughs> but I will say, like overall, there are things that I felt weird about. Like I feel like certain things, certain plot lines. Um, overall, I really loved Ted's story. I loved Jamie's story. I am okay with the way everything ended, but I do have certain feelings about things. So like, I don't want to like, like get into it all, but I just feel like the show, and I think what it is is that I think the show had a lot to cover and do this being its final season. Mm -hmm. And um, I think that the show ended well, like I think it was a good series finale, but I don't know if it was a good season finale. Cause I feel like, um, actually Hope, Hope Sloop and um, Monica, I was talking about this on Temple Geek. Mm -hmm. I feel like episodes were missing. Like certain things would happen in the next episode and I'd be like, wait, why didn't they quit? What happened in between? And um, I just feel like maybe there was, either, either they could have had one or two more episodes. They didn't have to do a whole new season. But if they had like one or two more episodes where they kind of like walked us through, like I, I just like kind of like bridge some gaps, I would have felt a little better because like Nate's storyline for me was a little disappointing. Um, I feel like we had to like rush through the Roy Keeley thing a little bit. Like I understand and respect what happened. I do think it makes sense, but I was like, it felt like it was so sped up. And mm -hmm. I just think it's because there's a lot had to get done. Um, Sam was one of my favorite characters. I felt like he got kind of sidelined. Like where did, how did he get to the Nigerian team? So it was just like, I had more, I had a lot of questions, I guess. But I, was, I understand why they had to do it this way, but I don't know. I, it's complicated, like up and down for sure. I, I guess first, one of the, I, I can start with the strengths. I think one strength that um, I think it carried out throughout this season three, and I think it probably took like, took notes from the social media or just how people were um, talking about season one and season two was the queer representation of season, mm -hmm. like of Ted Lasso, like just went from like zero to 100, like just yeah. really quick. Like there was just like, like so many different characters that came in and they were like, oh yeah, Colin, yeah, he's gay. Um, Keely, she is bi. And then like, oh, there's another like female character that came in. It's like, oh yeah, she's also queer as well. So I think I appreciate it because I also have talked about it prior to season three where I was like, I'm very like shocked that there was no queer characters or at least like, especially when they started getting more into the social commentary of like, yeah, the politics of like, um, like mentioning politics and sports and stuff. I was like, oh, I wonder if they will ever address that, especially again, when the show is very like intersex fatherhood with toxic masculinity and how I think that's would be a good opportunity to talk about because there are queer male athletes, they do exist um, in the real world. So I thought like, okay, like maybe they'll like introduce in season three. And then I guess they heard us loud and clear and they kind of just went full throttle on it. I, I appreciated that. Um, so I really appreciate it. Yeah, I love that. And um, yeah, I, I agree. I totally agree with what you said too, where it's like it's a lot of like pacing, the pacing of this, like, it just, there, there, I think the, the like beginning middle was really good it was starting off really like strong and then you could tell the last few episodes they were trying to kind of like quickly kind of like muster up certain things to try to get it to episode 12 and um i just wish it took a certain time and like again like try to fill in certain details with certain like character arcs um i think yeah i agree ted jamie i think uh, were the strongest ones i think they took really good care and i think they always knew that ted was going to go back to kansas mm -hmm. and i i, I, I like that i love that journey and arc for ted um, yeah, I think Roy and Keely, I, I mean, I had a feeling they were going to break up just based off of what happened in season two. Um, I was glad that they started in season, the beginning of the season. And then I, I knew that they, I thought that, okay, like they'll try to like, um, find each other and then kind of slowly like find their way back. Um, but I was shocked that they never interacted 
and then there'll be more like one moment they come together because of the of the photo scandal that Keely had, and they kind of did this again, and then they kind of went back, and then it just felt really rushed, and then they added Jamie into that, and then it was like, okay, nope, Keely's having no one, and mm -hmm. I'm. That. I'm totally fine with Keely being the independent woman that she is and then wanting to prioritize career over relationships right now. Love that for her. I think just the way it was execution, it was the way that we got to mm -hmm. that felt really rushed and didn't feel as good of a payoff as it could have been. Given mm -hmm. that we've seen season one and season two of Ted Lasso, I, I know there's like we know the caliber of writing is like top tier. Mm -hmm. So it felt, yeah, like it just this it felt more like a series finale, like you said, more than a season finale. Mm -hmm. um, yeah, I, I I totally I totally agree with you. It's just I think that the reason why it felt rushed is to, as Jason Sudeikis like he's basically a showrunner on on uh, on the show. He's gone on record and said that three seasons was always like the plan yeah. for like for like mm -hmm. this entire for this entire series. And one of the things that I loved most about like season one and a little bit season two, it, it mainly season one is that it was a half hour comedy. And mm -hmm. it told stories within a half hour like time time limit. Season two, it started getting more into like 40, 45 minute. And then mm -hmm. season three was like an hour episode, <laughs> hour, hour plus episodes. Stranger Things like, level. <laughs> I, I feel I feel like like that that Jason Jason because he just didn't want to say that he needed another se season to tell because he, he felt like he would mm -hmm. be breaking a promise mm -hmm. in a way mm -hmm. and. I, I'm just, I'm just saying, like, it, even if you said you needed like an extra season, I, I, I don't think any of us would be complaining. It's yeah. not like you're breaking your promise or anything like that. Yeah. It's just, Literally, I don't yeah. know. I, mm -hmm. I appreciated it more when it was telling these important stories with 30 minutes because, I, 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 like, I'm a graphic designer and in 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 school, uh, one of my one of my favorite like instructors was like, do do more with less, mm -hmm. and the the fact that they could tell like really interesting stories in 30 minutes i think that's like and it's an incredible craft and and this is this is kind of like the whole issue that i have with like the whole streaming streaming landscape of just television in general where they they feel like they have to like add more minutes and feel like that that will solve stuff mm -hmm. as, as we already addressed it didn't necessarily solve stuff like rebecca yeah like she got closure and ted uh got closure but all these other characters got sidelined. Like maybe that will be a later spinoff, but I don't know. Mm -hmm. That's just like yeah. my feelings on it. So, and I do think they could do a spinoff. So, like even if they don't have Jason Sudeikis, because I think his personal life started getting interrupted, unfortunately, by the show, and that's why he couldn't do another season. I don't know fully, um, but like I, I would watch another season without him. Like I know it's called Ted Lasso, but if it was like the Richmond Way or something, I would mm -hmm. still watch the, those characters because. That's the beauty of Ted Lasso. Like they develop these characters so well that like we love them too, you know. So um, I'm hoping to do a spinoff. I don't know why. I have like a gut feeling that they might do a spinoff. I think I think so too, especially since ever, everyone just loves it. But uh, Marmar, do you think they'll do a spinoff or? I I wouldn't be surprised, um, especially since they've been so like vague with like not giving a definite answer of like is this the series finale? And they're like, well, we planned for se for three seasons, and I'm like, that's not you're not answering the question. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, um, right. But I, I have a feeling that I mean, also I think just from a business perspective, I feel like Apple TV Plus would not want like that's their cash cow. That was I think a big draw was Ted Lasso mm -hmm. like, flagship show. So I feel like they they would want to milk it for as long as they can. And mm -hmm. I think there are uh, opportunities to tell more stories in this like universe. So um, definitely, I wouldn't I wouldn't be surprised. And I think it would also 
given all of our points of like, I think there were certain characters that were sidelined. There are certain things that, like, I mean, even though it was done, it didn't feel like completed. So I think they could like continue to do that and they try to have more closure with certain things. So I wouldn't mind definitely a spinoff. Yeah. Um, but what are some of our like, like, uh, like thoughts? Like, I know we kind of covered a little bit of some of the stuff like in the finale, but uh, I, I guess I'll just say like that uh, one of my favorite like moments from the finale, I guess really the whole, the whole series is just the development of just Rebecca. Like Rebecca, like I, I stated, like Rebecca was like, she didn't want this team. Like she was, she was <laughs> wanting this team to fail and she came in and treated Ted, Ted like a joke. Like he wanted him to fail. Mm-hmm. At the end, when she is sitting in those stands with him and begging him to stay, I, I, I'm mm-hmm. telling you, bo- I'm telling both of you, I was a wreck. Like I was a wreck. Like her entire arc is absolutely incredible throughout this entire. Series. I agree. What, 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 what do you think, Marmar? Mar, yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. I, I think yeah, I totally agree with you, Marley. I think, um, but it was very unexpected in a way. I think, um. Another, I guess, critique I have was, I mean, not critique, but I mean, depending on how you look at it, I think, I mean, you can tell, like, I mean, it, it didn't, there's no really surprises or elements of surprise throughout the um, this um, season. And I think one thing that kind of like caught me off guard or like surprised in a great way was Rebecca and how she kind of like had this realization that, oh, like I do love this team. It was not like my, my love for this team, like overcame my hatred for Rupert and wanting to mm-hmm. And I love that for her. And then also like with like the, like her being this girl boss or just being one of the very few women in this, like who own a football club. And I love that they gave that moment as well to Rebecca and being like her own independent woman and how she also has like in a very Ted Lasso way inspired Keely to be her own independent woman and find uh, her own PR firm. Mm-hmm. So I think I, I love that for Rebecca and I love that um, like that journey for her career and that own self-reflection um in terms of her love story i have thoughts on that but like that's <laughs> i'm like i was the only one i'm like i don't know how to say this but okay yeah okay Continue. Um, well since, since you brought it up let, let's let's talk about the whole sam and rebecca yeah, yeah. i want to go for the record i really did love rebecca's rupert story I just don't understand her love life story. Like I was, I was a little mixed about Rebecca's end because I love that she, this show started out that she wanted to get revenge on her ex-husband. That's why she hired Ted. The season one, at season three um, started with her being obsessed with beating Rupert. And that was all she could care about. Now she doesn't even care what Rupert's doing. She doesn't want to comment on the divorce. She helped like the mistress and the new wife, like love this for her. I love that like Rupert tried to kiss her. She was like, nah, I don't want this. I love, I love that. Her love life was so confusing though. Like they were like, literally, I think it was the second last episode, her and Sam were looking at each other, the green matchbook. I was just so confused. I almost feel like, it was like a lot of red herrings. I'm just like, what is going? Like, it confused me a lot. Um, they also did a will they, won't they with, with Ted a lot. And I, like, this, like, episode started with that. So I was just like confused. I guess that's the best thing. So like, yeah. half of it was great. The other half was like, do you know what you want to do? Um, and I thought it was a little like I love meet cute rom com meeting at the airport things. But I'm like, really, the guy just showed up with her, his daughter at the airport whenever she was seeing Ted. Like, how lucky and convenient is that? So. Right. I, I don't know. I, t- I thought, I don't know. I just didn't like that part, but um, love the rest of it. Love the rest. <laughs> mm-hmm. Marmar? What, what? I would say, yeah. Um, 
all great points and I totally agree. I think my obviously my biggest gripe of season two was just Rebecca and Sam and I've been very vocal about why <laughs> like that relationship. And I think I understand the intention of why I, I because it's like, oh if Rupert can do this, then why can't Rebecca? But it's mm -hmm. like it will, it, I think there's a lot of like additional things to that relationship that I think yeah, again like the the, the the double standard the sexism and then um knowing that if they were if, if it were to come out and it somehow didn't come out um that the there like that she was sleeping with one of her players like that was I would have thought it would have been really interesting if they ever like actually were going to go I thought they were going down that route in like season three like something would have happened mm -hmm. um but um I think it was just like knowing that Sam was like 21 or 22, I was just like, we couldn't have aged him more. Like that mm -hmm. would have been better. Um, and again, the, I understand the rom-com meet you. And I think it's, it's nice that Sam is more emotionally tells you more mature that like, uh, it's like the, it's like the soulmate, like fake conversation with Rebecca and Sam, but I just couldn't like realistically just what like it would, you know, something like that would not realistically happen and be successful and not have any repercussions or consequences and the fact that also how keely and like sassy were like i love that for you and you're so supportive and like no one is gonna notice the red flags in this relationship like you're all just happy that she's just getting dick is that all like, <laughs> <laughs> no, you're right that was what kind of like also really like, no one's going to say anything I understand Rebecca, like I, I, Rebecca deserves to be happy and this and that, blah, blah, blah. But it was just like, I'm glad that they like ended it. And I feel like they caught, I think the Ted Lasso, like people caught whiff of like, how much, how many people did not like their relationship and they just never really referred to it ever again. They, yeah, again, they, they had like, like glances and stuff like that, but it was just like never fully like, like, like oh yeah. And then never yeah. seen it again. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah, it's it was definitely a fling, and like I'm glad that you brought up the 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 age gap because that's something that it is justifiably so that we bring up like uh, pretty much all the time in media because it is kind of a big problem in pretty yeah. much not just Ted mm -hmm. Lasso but movies, TV of just like these relationships where the age difference is is it, not saying that that that's bad, but like yeah. in the in the right situation. But I feel like Sam. Sam and Rebecca, it's like it would have been bad for like Sam's career, and Sam is trying to like open like a business yeah. and like mm -hmm. be like a, a like like a, a famous like footballer, and and Rebecca is just like it would have it would have hurt Rebecca too, just because like the owner of the team. more, yeah, yeah. exactly, mm -hmm. and it's. I, I I do think it's like the writer was just kind of like, yeah, we didn't do that. We were kind of drunk. Yeah. I'm so yeah. like, yeah. So we, we wanted this, but it was just a fling. It was just a mm -hmm. fling. There was just a, like I, a party or something like that. But, and like people point of like comparing her to Rupert, like, oh, Rupert can do it. But like, isn't she trying to be better than Rupert? Like, wouldn't she not do it? Like, I it just, I will say, I feel like they are hit or miss with relationships. Like, a thing that annoyed me with season three was Nate's relationship with his girl. And I feel like sometimes they get the marks right with like, boy, Keely were perfect but like then the thing with Michelle happened with her therapist that they never addressed really and then like Nate happened then Sam and Rebecca happened so I feel like they, they half of the relationships are solid and great and like well done mm -hmm. then the other half where they're like oh these are they, they would be cute together let's just have them blindly shipped <laughs> and I, so I don't know I'm really glad you brought up Nate's like like girlfriend because I found that the episode when he just quit he just quit West Ham Mm -hmm. Like, can you explain that to me? Because I was totally like, <laughs> no oh, one can. <laughs> None of us can. Because <laughs> it's I can like, but I, I can't tell you. Like, I mean, I can 
again, you can, you can make assumptions. You could probably write essays yeah. of why, mm -hmm. but yeah, the fact that they were like, yeah, like he just doesn't want to do it. Like, bye. And it's like, that's a huge plot point. That yeah. exactly. never, never know why. And we want to see that. Like, we wanted to see when he called, like stood up to Rupert. Like, why did he like, take that away from us? Like, as fans, I feel gypped. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I, I felt gypped for sure. And like, uh, Marmar, I was like DMing you when that, like, that happened, yeah. like, constantly throughout <laughs> the show. And like, one of the things that I did kind of like appreciate, like, Nate's arc in season three is like his relationship with his dad. And mm -hmm. then, wait, I forget what episode it was because it's all kind of like a blur at this point. But when he picks up his uh violin mm -hmm. and like re rediscovers like the art, like, like, football was obviously like, like, he was focusing on that and then he re rediscovered like what made him happy i was hoping i was hoping that he would have quit west ham and would have went back to like richmond and like one of like like he would have played like at halftime and something like that like mm -hmm. nate would have kind of like rediscovered something uh, something from his past that would have mm -hmm. made him happy and made him happy now that's mm -hmm. personally what i would have wanted just because there's uh, as someone uh, since i since i watch sports there's like there was a coach for the San Francisco Giants, mm. um, uh, Tim Flannery. Uh, you, you two probably don't know, but no. <laughs> he, was a, he, was a, he was a third base coach, and like he he won like three World Series with the team, mm. and like he just retired like one day, and now he's like a jazz player, and the, like this is something that he he's always wanted to do, and like I would I would have loved Ted Ted Lasso to kind of like like to have like a character that was into like music to kind of like still tie in something that he loves in football but mm -hmm. also having something that uh, to kind of have like marry both marry both of uh, mm -hmm. worlds but uh yeah that would have been really cool um i will say like i feel a lot of things about the nate arc um i do like that he him and his father had a good conversation like that was strong to me um, cause I, I feel, I was a firm believer. I like made videos about this. So like until Nate gets a better, healthy relationship with his father, will he be able to forgive Ted or like, or Ted could forgive him. And I even liked the fact that Beard came to him and was just like, I'm going to forgive you because that's what my friend would do. And it was almost like a nod to the audience. Like we're forgiving Nate because that's what Ted would want for us to do. I just didn't love that. Like literally a few episodes before that, that the whole team was mean mugging Nate. They hated him. And then the next episode, they're like, we want you back. <laughs> you know? Yeah, it felt disingenuous a little bit. And this is why I felt like there was like it's pacing and I feel like there was things missing. Like I feel like scenes were missing. Like what happened? <laughs> and yeah. I almost I was actually thinking about I'm like, what would I have wanted? I almost would have wanted because like Nate went through this whole depression phase, which again, very strong mental health being realistic. Yeah. I almost wish the team would have seen that. I almost wish, like, you know how Ted showed Beard Nate falling over trying to get the um belief sign, humanizing him. I wish the team would have seen Nate depressed and down and like seen him as a waiter, seen him with his beard, seen him like just, you know, like at the rock bottom and then be like, wow, Nate's actually going through it. It would have been a nice, nice, like humanizing moment too. It's like, it felt a little like, I don't know, again, something was missing. So, um, and I love the idea of the violin. Like, I love that this, like this, I'd even consider that. That's a good tangent, like for them to do too. Mm -hmm. So I just don't love the idea that the girl saved him. Like, that's such a, like, it's such an overdone trope. And like the idea that, like, oh, he just needed, like, it's just, not to like use this word, but like it's just like okay, so Nate's an incel. Like all he needed was a girl. Like he needed a relationship. That's all this was. Like I, we expected that. Like isn't this Ted Lasso? Like aren't we supposed to be better than that? Mm -hmm. So that's what I kind of felt like. Oh, 
through the power of a good like a relationship, he got better. Like it made no sense to me. <laughs> I I definitely have uh, to your point. I've had conversations with another mutual of mine, Danielle Silverstone, and then um, she's yeah. been very vocal about um, just Jade's insertion in Nate's life and yeah, like, where it took Nate. And I, and especially since Jade, like, did not. I like, forgot her name, by the way. I was like, oh, yeah, that's her name, Jade. <laughs> like, that's how. She yeah. season two when Nate, I mean, she was just like straight up ignoring this man for whatever reason. Like, and she was just like, like, I, I just didn't know what she, like, what her intentions were, why she did what she did. And mm -hmm. all of a sudden she had a personality in season three. And it's like, cool. <laughs> yeah. I, I came out of nowhere, by the way. Like, yeah. Her personality, yeah. Yeah. Jade also, was totally a nothing burger throughout this, yeah. throughout this entire <laughs> season, where it's just. I, I, I wanted more for her, but not. Yeah. But this is not what I wanted. This is yeah. Especially yeah. with the implication, it just it came across that oh, like she started paying more attention because now he's a manager now, mm -hmm. and it's like oh, okay, let me just like start talking now, talking to you, and it's yeah. So it was that was just really weird. Yeah. Uh, it, 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 to, to kind of like in def, in in defense of yeah. like what you just said is that a, a lot of like. I'm not saying a lot of people are like this, but like when people have, uh, like have like the manager title or a leadership title, in society, we we present people differently, and we the, we, the way we approach them differently. It's like, oh, yeah. you're a CEO. Oh, you're mm -hmm. a manager of this company. Yeah. Oh, I, I'm interested in you. So I yeah. think that's what the writers were intentionally. Intending. Yeah, uh, and it could also be that like Nate was more confident now, and you know. Yeah. Mm -hmm. yeah. But then they just had him just quit. Where it's just like, yeah. it's like, oh, I don't need this anymore. I already have the girl. It's just like, yeah, uh, and, I don't know. <laughs> the whole trope of like, oh, she's perfect. She's the best thing ever. But like, we don't know her personality. <laughs> we don't know anything about her. Like, I just, I didn't like that. Like, Nate's just like, she's the perfect girl. I'm just like, she oh, wasn't even talking to you days yeah. ago. <laughs> what? Also, could I just say, um, and me and my roommate were watching this and we both had the same thought where it's like, how is this hostess affording a apartment like like a one like just like by herself this like yeah. really lavish apartment and i was like asking i've never been to the uk or like uh england and i was like can people afford that like on no. that south and, she, and she's like absolutely not and i'm like no. so okay that's fun yeah. <laughs> i don't know anything else further from her aside from that like thing that i she's, noticed she's getting really good tips so <laughs> that's, yeah, that's, 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 probably probably yeah. <laughs> that's actually good for this amazing apartment yes <laughs> yeah it's it's it, her character was definitely really messy but to kind of go back a little bit like between the whole nate and and ted relationship mm -hmm. and mm -hmm. nate being scared of ted because of like what he did to just kind of like like nate was just a, i feel like he left like for good reasons because that like he was he was the wonder kid and like he, like th th a lot of the a lot of the things the team was doing, like that was that was Nate. So I can see kind of yeah. Nate being like jealous, and also seeing like social media, like the social media posts mm -hmm. of like, oh, this is all Nate, and like and how Nate would be like afraid of Ted because he feels like he betrayed him. But what the when Mario like when you said like when he had that converse, confrontation with with Beard. Mm -hmm. Like I gasped when it was Beard, yeah. and yeah. like it, it was actually Beard that was that he was. Mm -hmm. uh, Beard was mad at Nate because Ted. When it all comes down to it, Ted will forgive anyone. Mm -hmm. like that's, that's like the, I feel like that. And Beard like, knows that. And I feel like in media today, like what is uh, it's all it's almost kind of frowned upon to forgive people just because it's like oh, uh, uh, mm -hmm. bec because 
you don't know like what what that person would do but ned uh, ted totally like has like like it's it's okay to forgive people as as long as you like still kind of like acknowledge like hey this is what this person did but hey they're they're a better person because of it Mm -hmm. you you see what i'm saying it's like Mm -hmm. and i'm okay with that like i I knew ted was gonna forgive him it made sense i just like i think what it was was like they made nate's villain story hard like he was bullying um the kit man he was like bullying colin like he was bullying everyone so he went he they doubled down on his villain story so for me it was just like they're forgiving bullying (laughs) you know what i mean they're forgiving someone who was like being kind of like the that guy like after being it's it's more of like a he was bullied he thinks he can bully now that got to me a little bit mm-hmm. so like and then he like you know apologized to um i'm blanking on the new kid man's name but like he apologized to him he, uh what was it well yeah yeah well so he apologized to will and stuff and i was like okay i appreciate that it's just like i wanted i wanted nate to have some sort of accountability i guess like i wanted him to like face up to being like hey i was a shitty person and i'm really sorry to ted like i and he did eventually forgive him but again it was so it was so rushed and like i've forgiven him i'm okay with it because i understand that's what the show wanted that's what ted would want beard is like a symbol of that it's just like are we really going to like ted lasso doesn't like you know i just don't see how ted lasso would be like oh yeah you can bully like whenever jamie was bullying um nate remember how roy got on him ted got on him everyone like stood up for nate yeah. And it's like, oh, but Nate can do it. And no one is standing up for him. Like, no one's going to be like, well, why did you do that to Will? Like, no one's going to stand up for Will now. So I felt like really like, okay, just a oh, season before, you guys did something very different to the same situation. So it was felt inconsistent, in my opinion. Well, well, I totally believe about the whole Nate just being influenced by social media and kind of social media like got to his head. And it kind of, I kind of wish that the show dived a little bit deeper and explained that. Uh, and how social media can just warp like someone's mind to thinking that yeah. they are like actually mm-hmm. that, that that they are better than they are or that it's they are the reason that the team is succeeding or they are the reason that they're uh, succeeding because like there there was like sh- couple, a few shots of like Nate looking at Facebook or like Twitter and seeing mm-hmm. like all the all the likes and he was like he got a smile to his face because this is the first time that he's like actually being seen which is important yeah. for someone like for, for for someone like Nate it's just they, the the show just kind of like glanced at it and didn't touch on it ever again so and like- I like and I understand that and like I get it because like I've actually thought that Nate was very much like Tahani Al Jamil from the Good Place in a sense like he never got the validation from his parents so he sought outside validation so social media celebrities that gives it to you fair mm-hmm. it's just how the show didn't let him be accountable for it that gets me like yeah. you can have all the reasoning in the world but it's not an excuse you know what I mean like all the villains that we love also have reasoning, but those aren't excuses for the terrible things they do, right? Yeah. So it's just kind of like, you're giving villain, you, they set up me to be a great villain. It's like, but they also excused him for his villainy, in my opinion, I thought. And this is just my opinion for sure. Yeah. No, I de- there's definitely a good case for, I think, not a show, at least, again, like going back to like, there's stuff missing throughout the season. Like I would have mm-hmm. loved to have seen Nate kind of just, yeah, like just, kind of telling the team like i'm sorry i was a shitty mm-hmm. person like um, yeah he didn't even apologize once even, even like the scene that like, now to that point like i like where like was it isaac and like colin like a lot of them went mm-hmm. to the restaurant to be like hey we want you back and it's like like not even like kind of like they they sought him out like mm-hmm. yeah. and nate like she's yeah. more i think impactful of nate kind of sort of crawling like not crawling but like just like just kind of like going back to richmond to be like 
I, I was a shitty person. Like I realized that I want to be here at Richmond. Will you take me back? Kind of mm-hmm. thing. It, that could have been more of an, yeah, that, have that accountability kind of aspect to it instead of like everyone was just like, oh, like Ted, Ted forgives um, Nate already. So yeah, let's try to get him back. So it's like no and they could have, sorry, I didn't mean to cut you off. They could have kept the beard thing. Um, they could have just had like Nate come back, apologize. Everyone would be kind of standoffish. Ted give like his speech or everyone forgive him. And then Beard saying, no, I don't forgive him. And then him and Ted could have that as speech. Like it could have still worked. It just like that scene could have just been flipped and it would have just made more sense in my opinion. Like it just, it was like a, re- it was a weird choice, I think. Yeah. Well, I, I think, uh, I, I remember that, uh, that scene specifically, like when the team goes to the restaurant to try and recruit Nate back. I, I I made it. I make it pretty known on social media. I'm a huge fan of Fast and Furious and like family <laughs> dynamics. Mm-hmm. I saw that scene as kind of like 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 when you're on a like when you play sports, professional sports, or just any sort of team sports, you are you are essentially a family. So I feel like uh like who who was it that went to the restaurant? Was it Colin? It was Roy? it was Colin. Um, Isaac. Isaac. Sam. Yep. Yeah. Okay. And Will. I feel like. That like those like those four that they like it was like they they missed like their family member like Nate was like their brother mm-hmm. like even though even though Nate had like like had had issues when he was leaving and he was essentially like bowling the team like when you're a family you kind of forget it's like you, you don't forget it but like it, it's like they missed him it's I, you, you see what I'm saying it's like it's like it's like even though Nate, Nate is very flawed, like they still love him for like all his flaws, and mm-hmm. I, I wish the writers kind of like would have like tapped into that a little mm-hmm. bit more to a- yeah. address that. Mm-hmm. But you should like, have just yeah done more with it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But yeah, um, since we're like approaching an hour, I I feel like it would be like insane if we didn't touch about the the final the final play in in the in the finale. Oh yeah. Because one of my favorite things about uh, about like s- the the finale and season three is all the callbacks from the from the later seasons. Mm-hmm. Uh, let's talk about like that final play where uh, Ted calls out Oscar, you're the Oscar, Espy, and it's the <laughs> same play from 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 season season two, I believe, season two, season where, one, maybe, where he wanted. Jamie to be like the decoy. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, season one. one. Yeah. Yeah, I yeah. want to say it's just, it feels like a season one Jamie move. Yeah. 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 And he wanted Jamie to be the decoy. And season mm-hmm. one, Jamie, that would have not that would have not happened because mm-hmm. like, he even calls out, he's like, Oh, this you don't know anything about football. It's like you're mm-hmm. you're, cra- you're crazy Ted Lasso. And the fact that <laughs> Jamie trusted Ted where like even like even the play before that where where uh where the other team like scored a goal and everyone was like celebrating and like and beard and like the other coaches were like oh well i guess we just lost this and ted was just like that's off sides and yeah he didn't know anything about football uh-huh. or, like soccer like at all and they had ted call out like that like that it, i was screaming i was screaming mm-hmm. when that happened just because it's like it shows that like throughout all this time like he did remember one thing about football so it's like uh but yeah but what do we think about like that final play of everything that was going on of him calling over nate and yeah it's perfect (laughs) basically yeah it it came full circle for a lot Mm -hmm. 
all that all the components like I came full circle from Nate to Jamie giving that performance on the on the field. <laughs> and then when he said barbecue sauce, I was like, oh wait, I remember him saying that. Um right. I was like, oh yeah, that was he said one thing too when he said that. And then um yeah, it was just perfect. And it was just and I even love the to- like even like from there, like the total football moment, even too, and like how that was a huge metaphor for, I think, I mean, the Ted Lasso kind of way, and then just being able to kind of have this kind of like just in sync, like synergy with one another. And again, like that flow, like shit flowing in and out of each other. And then just mm-hmm. all of that, I think it just came, it came together really well. And mm-hmm. um, the moments where they did win, it was very intentional and like paralleled the story where like, and how they got to certain wins and all of that, it, it, everything kind of intersected. Obviously, the the sport itself and like just yeah, when they play these games or the yeah, it just added more to the storytelling of what these characters are going through. Mm-hmm. Yeah, uh, and, and even like the the like I I was tearing up and I've seen ton like my for you page is all messed up with like Ted Lasso like edits mm-hmm. of him doing the of him doing the Running Man. Oh my just, god! Oh yeah, he did the so Running cute. Man. Uh, if they, you know what, here's the here's the. I know, like Jason Sudeikis has stated, like he want he doesn't want to like do this anymore. But this is something that if he really wanted to do a spinoff, he could do this in Kansas, where they it's like it's a football, it's it's American football now, where yeah. it's like mm-hmm. kind of, it's a prequel to Ted Lasso, where because yeah. uh, uh, yeah. Marmar, you've expressed this on your TikTok about like how you. Uh, w- the way he's doing the running man in for AFC Richmond and how he did it for like the, the foot, uh, the American football team. I want to know like the stories on how yeah. he changed the lives mm. of like those young men. Oh, that'd be so cute. It would be, I would, my, my heart already me- melted for this Ted, version of Ted Lasso, but I think it would have even melted even more. Mm-hmm. I think that's also, it, it's also something so powerful about, like what coaching can do in like sports because Mm -hmm. like you don't necessarily like it's important to know a lot about like the sport but it's also important to turn the men or boys that you're you're coaching into into better men than Mm -hmm. when they went on to the pitch and left the pitch and i think the show wraps ties a perfect bow on that like absolutely perfectly so yeah I'm so glad you said that because I guess maybe my one um, association with sports is that my dad is a baseball coach. Mm-hmm. So I think I maybe in a very, in, like, I guess like just a self, like just a conscious way, maybe I love Ted Lasso in the way that he was coaching in the way that my dad also has impacted many young boys' lives like, like for like the, the decades that he has coached baseball. He still coaches baseball too because that's just been his passion and his love. And then I think seeing like I just so many of his players like going up to my dad throughout the years just you know just like still like being so impacted by the way my dad has like taught and like coached and everything so yes I I definitely agree with like just how the power of coaching is just can yeah like impact and like change a lot of people's lives Mm -hmm. um with this with whatever game that they love yeah Mm -hmm. Mario do you have anything um, yeah, this goes back to the whole like father relationships in like the show because like I don't know much about sports and like coaching and stuff. Even though I played soccer in high school, but like I also feel like a coach is a father figure, right? Like you know, Marmar's father actually is a coach, so she can definitely attest to this. And like I think it's really cute how like Ted was a father figure to these people, and um, it just kind of they just it, 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 I love that Ted Lasso 
emphasize father-son relationships because if you're not going to use a sports show to emphasize father-son relationships like then you that's a wasted opportunity so um, if they can show that and like show like how, this is why like i almost kind of want to spin off because i want to see how like the ted lasso way stuck with these people mm. um it would just i don't know it would be very heartwarming to show that like hey one good influence in your life can really make a difference so yeah and like I like that you said the Ted Lasso way because one of my favorite things in the in the montage, which the montage by uh, I forget the name of that song. If someone could help me out, oh, one, father and son or father son and son. Yeah. yeah, father and son. Yeah, mm-hmm. I was in tears. At that yeah, point. that was a good song to choose. Yeah, <laughs> but him like when when uh, Trent Trent Krim wrote the book and he wrote mm-hmm. it the Lasso way and Ted gave him like like pointers like notes on it. Mm-hmm. You said it's not about him; it's about the team, and mm-hmm. even Rebecca selling half of the team to to a to the to the fans of AFC Richmond. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It calls back. It calls back to later later in the season where she's having like the the meeting with like all the owners, mm-hmm. and she basically just like that really hit not close to home. But I like I've. I know people that are like really into like the the whole owners and they get into like mm-hmm. all like the money aspects of like like a lot of money gets thrown around like mm-hmm. in all these sports mm-hmm. and the fact that Rebecca just said no this is uncalled for it's like these fans love the team and the fact that you're trying to profit off this because yeah. this team means a lot to this community and like kind of like living in a very relatively like small area with like a major sports team, like the major sports teams mean a lot to mm-hmm. like those specific communities. And when they leave, like it dramatically like affects like, like, mm-hmm. like everything. Mm-hmm. And the yeah. fact that Rebecca wanted to pay homage to, to like just every, to everyone in the community and just gave them half the team yeah. That that says so much about her character. Mm-hmm. So, mm-hmm. Yeah. I just yeah. love the show. I love the yeah. show. Yeah. <laughs> it was very yeah. sweet. Yeah, for sure. But um, since we're since we're uh, like approaching a, an hour, let, let, just final thoughts on just everything that we talked about, like Ted Lasso. Like, what what do you want to see in like in the in the future? Like, but just just final thoughts in general. Like, uh, Marmar, I'll let you go first. So. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I think yeah, I think just. Who would have thought that a show like this? I think again, like that, I would don't have like ex- like direct experience. I don't have never played football or soccer or like I have played sports like um growing up, but like not to this caliber, obviously. But mm-hmm. I think it was, I I would never have thought that a show that also has predominantly male characters. I don't know why, like just hit me so hard and like just kind of just impacted me in a way that I like never thought it would. And I think it was just like the incredible storytelling and just like. These characters were just, you just can't help but root for so many of them to just be like, not just like win, but also just be better people outside of the game. Mm-hmm. And um, it's just, it, it was a blessing. It really was just like a lightning in a bottle kind of show. Um, and just like all the stars aligned for it. And I am, I I love Justice Vegas, as, as I've said many times throughout this um, podcast. Um, but I think I, I wish... Like he deserved his flowers for creating such an incredible show, and then just also like um, having a lot of uh, I think actors and actresses who maybe who are more well known in the UK, but then like not like in like I guess greater like US or like just like, like globally, but like, getting these people to kind of now be global superstars like Brett Goldstein, mm-hmm. Hannah Walsingham, mm-hmm. Juno, 
like all of them like getting even like them to Jamo too like having them have their moments like a lot of them are going to have such great careers because of Ted Lasso I I and I love that for them and so yeah I think just a show that just kind of preaches not only positivity and just hope and like believing oneself but also knowing that you can believe and be a better person even though you can make mistakes along the way like that I love that message and it just it yeah I love the show too yeah, and, and also, like, to just kind of piggyback on what you said about Brett Goldstein, like, mm-hmm. I feel like Apple TV, Apple would just be kicking themselves in the foot by not continuing this with mm-hmm. Roy Kent as the coach, because mm-hmm. he is in the MCU, and that would, he is, he's, like, he's in the MCU now, like, they would be missing out on an opportunity to kind of, like, piggyback off, like, Marvel and stuff like that. Yeah, but, mm-hmm. yeah. that's the point. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but, uh, Maria final thoughts on um yeah no everything more said was like perfect it was like i really like the whole like lightning in a bottle um commentary i'm just gonna miss the show so much like i respect any show that knows what it wants to do with this ending and i always feel like shows that have like a less seasons but like have a clear message and like a clear idea of what they want to end are always just so much satisfying but i'm just gonna miss this show like we don't get enough shows that celebrate joy we don't get enough shows that like teach you to be a better person and like celebrate the idea of how important it is to do better and try try better. I'm gonna be rewatching it like crazy. And, mm-hmm. but I, I don't know, this is why I want to spin off because I'm just like, I'm not, I, don't, I know it's, it's, it was good. It was great the way it ended. It's just like, oh, I'm gonna miss the presence of the show in our like society in general. <laughs> I feel like, I love that it was as popular as it was because I feel like it was an excuse that other people could be maybe learn things about themselves too. So it's very sad that we're, I don't know, we're just losing one of these kind of shows. Yeah, it's 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 very a tender moment, like for mm-hmm. me, just because I I love shows that do express just the, like the importance of positivity and just mm-hmm. what I appreciated most about Nate or uh, Ted throughout the entire season is like when he had like like a problem come his way, like most characters on other shows would get would try and get revenge and be like try and try and be macho and the what what ted would do he would either just just have like a funny line or just like a dad joke throw it just mm-hmm. throw it in there just have like a smile and then just kind of like brush it off like me says a lot about like what the show was like actually going for and just being like and you, you don't necessarily have to get into a big fist fight to like get even with someone and yeah. like mm-hmm. and i feel like having a show like that is is so important and I'm I'm totally gonna miss it too. Like I'm I'm gonna be rewatching the show as much as I can. And maybe maybe all three of us can petition to get Apple to, like, <laughs> to maybe hire us as the writers for for, for season yeah. for season four. But uh, called Roy Kent. So or, mm-hmm. or should should they call it Roy Cunt? Because that was one of my <laughs> that was that was one of my favorite things. Like when Jamie that came out jersey, where mm-hmm. he was just like, oh, I spilled it. Like cunt. I I like want that jersey. I yes. just someone needs to make it on Etsy, and now I'm surprised it's not made already. <laughs> yeah, I yeah uh, yeah. I'm sure I, I, it's definitely in the works, but yeah. I will buy it. <laughs> I love Brent's uh, reaction. He's just like deadpan. I love it. He was just, and I know he did. We know he loved that shirt. <laughs> right. Uh. But yeah. Uh. Ted Lasso. If you haven't watched it. Hopefully you did watch it because we spoiled the entire show <laughs> during yeah. this entire podcast. But uh, go watch it. Uh, Marmar, I'll let you go first. Where can people find you online? Yeah, um, I am on TikTok as well as Instagram. It's like a lot of it's just Marmar Yisa. And I'm also, I have a letterbox as well. I also have a serialized. That's kind of all the platforms that I 
have. And so, yeah, if you, I also do a lot of commentary on like TV and movies as well too. So, mm -hmm. and just diving deep into a lot of things um, in those things. <laughs> so if you love that, then yeah, definitely give me a follow. Yeah. Uh, Maria? Uh, yeah, and I'm mostly on TikTok too. I'm branching out on Instagram and YouTube. Um, and Maria watches everything. I do a lot of deep dives on television, sometimes movies, fandoms for sure. And yeah, um, if you basically like Marmar, if you like television, you should definitely follow me. Yeah, definitely yeah. follow both of these wonderful creators. Like they, the, the the deep dives that you two go on are loved by me and loved by everyone that that will be following you in 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 the future. Uh, yeah, uh, I'm just gonna after after we're done recording, I'm just gonna watch Ted Lasso again. So it's just yeah. like, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but yeah. Uh, <laughs> It's, it, it's so great but thank you thank you to both of you for kind of like talking talking me through this because i definitely needed it after that rocky se series finale mm -hmm. but uh you can follow me at marley loves film i'm on tiktok instagram youtube uh got a letterbox same same username if just type that in google and just follow me everywhere where I'm on where I can post about movies and TV, and then you can listen to this. You can listen and watch this podcast on YouTube, the Real Lovers Podcast, and uh, give us a rate and give us a hit that like button and uh, give us a rate and review on iTunes and Spotify. Anyways, my name is Marley Silverbrand, and for and for Maria and Marmar, keep watching movies mm -hmm. and and believe, believe, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs>